On this week's episode of Exploring History, we continue our conversation with authors Ray and Charlene Knotgrass about how their childhood experiences helped lead them to start Knotgrass History and their hopes for the children of tomorrow. Welcome to Exploring History with Ray Knotgrass, a production of Knotgrass History. It's a great achievement for you all that you were able to take this experience, whether it be with with reading and that being formative or, or trips, and use that to successfully parent your children to give them great experiences. Uh, it's another hurdle entirely to look at that experience and and make a decision to um, start a business or to do something uh, to help other families with homeschooling their children uh, and even influencing the way that they live their lives. So what was the transition? Uh, what put the gas in the tank for you all to decide, you know what, we can, uh, we can do something more. We can actually start a business and bless other families as well. In 1999, I wanted to change what I was doing. <clears throat> and we talked about, we had started in a small way to write some curriculum for churches where we were. And um, I remember the Sunday morning I was sitting in church right before church started, and I thought if I could just be sure that we'd be taken care of. And then I thought, I can, because God promises that. And that gave me the confidence to step out and start something new. And so we did. Ray had been in ministry at this point for 22 years. And when he says he wants wanted to do something different, we wanted to continue serving God, but we wanted to do it a different way. And so we had this idea of starting a business to serve what we thought would be churches and homeschoolers. So that's what we started in 1999. We basically said, here we are, Lord, we're going to jump off this cliff. Please catch us. And he did. Charlene, you talked about the the level of work that you saw in your mother as a child um, how did that influence your view of starting your own business, of working hard, uh, of kind of uh, making it over what seems to be an insurmountable amount of work? How did that influence you? I think I was 45 and Ray was 47, as I recall, when we started the business. And we started we really started from scratch, literally one computer in our living room, which we later moved to the basement. And it did take a lot of work. But I had learned about hard work growing up. I had seen mother, as I've said before, she'd be working on sewing when I got up in the morning and she would do that till we all went to bed at 10 o'clock that night. And so I wasn't afraid of hard work and I knew that running a business took it. 
that it would take a lot of time and a lot of work. I had also watched my mother's mother work very, very hard. And so that helped me be willing to do it. And I'm really grateful for their uh, example. I know that Ray and I stand on our parents' shoulders uh, to do what we do. We, uh, and also, God has blessed us beyond what we could ask or imagine. Just this week, somebody asked us about our business. Did, is this what you planned for or expected? And absolutely not. We, we just wanted to write a curriculum that would help families help their kids serve God. And God has led us uh, to where we are, and we are very grateful. You talk about your desire um, to write curriculum to, to bless and help families, and that you want to do that. Is there any feeling of responsibility as as children of the 50s and 60s who have lived through history do you all view or have any feeling of a responsibility in informing the younger generation who is coming up now because you've lived through history because you've seen that uh, does it feel like that's something that you want to pass on that that's maybe forgotten as as younger generations come I grew up in the town that had in it the home of James K. Polk, president, 11th president of the United States. I never went there until after I graduated from high school. And that was crazy. (laughs) That was, uh, but yet I have heard lots of people say, oh, yeah, I live down the street from the Alamo, whatever, but I've never been. I've just heard that kind of thing over and over again. And what a loss that was not to have that experience that uh, of going in, looking at it, soaking it in. And I, I want to encourage families to appreciate history, to appreciate the lessons, and um, not just so they know names and dates and wars, but so they can learn the lessons and so they can appreciate what's going on around them today. Um, I had a very dear friend who was a history professor say, if you don't know history, you don't know who you are. And that's so very true. And I want to help students know who they are. And that involves knowing our past. This is an amazing world that God created. And the people he created are amazing too. And we can do amazing things with the amazing things he's created because we are made in the image of our amazing God. And I love communicating that with students who learn at home. I'm grateful I get to do it, and I know that my childhood has influenced me 
toward doing that. My parents took me for walks on trails in state parks, and I saw the grandeur of the Appalachian Mountains when we would go to East Tennessee. I remember as a child when I would be sitting in church and we would sing How Great Thou Art, and it would talk about lofty mountain grandeur. I would picture the lofty mountain grandeur that I had seen in the Great Smoky Mountains. And history teaches us that things are similar to the way they are now and that they are very dissimilar to the way they are now. And there are a lot of lessons in that. It helps us know what we should hold on to and what we should let go of. It shows us who we should emulate and who we should never try to be like. You've talked about wanting to open the door for students to allow them to see how history has changed the world, how things, uh, again, as you just said, are similar, how they're dissimilar, and and help them to learn the lessons of that. I've also noted in, in both of you guys' stories how Um, your own personal history is so important to the both of you. Um, Not just history in the macro history sense, but also, um, Mr. Ray, and your your story about proposing to Miss Charlene at this church that meant so much to your family on outings and and all of these things. What do you want to communicate to to children who grow up in a generation where um, maybe the majority of their identity comes from the clothes they wear or the music they listen to or or their favorite superhero movie that they go to see this weekend. What do you want to communicate to children about getting in touch with their history uh, and their identity uh, as they experience with the history of their family and their life? I'd want to help them see that it goes a lot deeper than that. I learned a long time ago that one of my ancestors came across the Appalachian Mountains from North Carolina in a covered wagon. And so part of my history involves the westward expansion in a covered wagon. And uh, they eventually settled in Murray County, Tennessee, and that's where I was born. And so it's not just a story that I hear about, that I read about, that I, I have to memorize some facts about. It's my story. It's, uh, it's something that, that helped mold me, and so I can relate to that and uh, come to appreciate, as I just said, who I am and uh, how that's made a difference for me. Every person who ever lived, as I said a while ago, is uh, somebody made in God's image. And it's, uh, every person is someone who makes choices for good or evil. Everybody is uh, a living soul that has the opportunity to stand before God someday and hear him say, well done. And that has been true for every person who's ever breathed on the earth. And one thing I think learning history does is to teach us the value of ourselves and others. I think seeing how people in the past treated people 
we can look at what they did and judge it. Um, and that helps us judge ourselves and what we do. I've been listening to a book about the history of the 20th century. And when I listen to what Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stalin ordered and all the people that died because of their commands, I think about abortion now. And people looked at, a, a lot of people knew what they were doing and did nothing to stop it. And, you know, I hope that at some point in the future that people look back at the present time and think about abortion and they are just as appalled at that as I am when I hear what Stalin and Hitler did. As you all write curriculum, Not Grass History has curriculum that spans from the creation of the world to the present day. Um, and you all write so that children and families can learn lessons that other people have uh, have learned in the past so that they can improve their future. And so you all have lessons in your book that talk about lessons from the 1750s and 60s and the 1850s and 1860s. You all lived in the uh, 1950s and 1960s. We would hope and pray that perhaps someday that that a student in the 2050s and 60s is reading uh, Notgrass history curriculum, uh, that they're still being influenced uh, in some small way by what you all have started here. And so if we can cast our mind forward into a, into a day that we can't see, uh, what do you all want your legacy to be? As you look back at the legacy that was left before you, you look forward to the legacy that you will you are building and have built. What what do you want that student then to look back and say? Oh, here's something they had, and this is what I need to take from it, especially from your childhood. I hope that students and, and adults would glorify God by what we've said, and not just that, but <clears throat> glorify God in what he has done in world history. It's his, his, it's his story that uh, we want to try to communicate. That would be, I think, my greatest legacy, and I'm sure our greatest legacy um, for for people to be able to say, what a wonderful God we have. I want them to know that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, that he made every person in his image, and that he loved all of those people so much, he sent his son to save them. And that that is true for every person who's ever lived, that it is true for for them. It's true for everybody they know, everybody who is in the world at the time that they are living in the 2050s and 2060s, that there are eternal truths and that that is such a loving, powerful, wonderful thing to know.
I hope that people learn that when they live by faith and when they use their abilities for good purposes to God's glory, that great things can happen. <clears throat> We've seen that in history. People who have invented things that have changed the world, people who have accomplished things because they weren't willing to settle, but instead they step out in faith, that, that this would encourage them, I can do that. I can do something that makes a difference. I also want them to learn that they don't need to despair, that no matter how absolutely horrible things appear at the time, that there have been other times in history when things have seemed absolutely terrible and people have been in despair. But that does not have to be true in the future just because it is now. Lots of people think my time is the worst time there's ever been, but it isn't true. Things have been terrible before, and but people have come out of them. And I would like people to learn from what we write not to despair, that God is in his heaven and he is still in charge and that they're part of his story and they need to make a choice of whether they're going to be on his side or not, but that he has offered us all that opportunity to be on his side. Some smart people, including Winston Churchill, have said something to the effect of history teaches us to hope. And when I first read that, I, I was kind of taken aback because there has been so much war and destruction and mistakes and sin that it would be easy, as Charlene said, to despair when we see the story of history. But you know what? We're still here. And people have accomplished great things. And uh, <clears throat> poverty in our world is so much less now than it was. Take the period 50, 100, 200 years ago. Um, Health care is so much better. Uh, we, we have seen so much accomplished and so much so many bad things overcome by by people giving it their best. You know, Europe was devastated twice in the 20th century by war, and they built it back. Um, Americans helped with that. And um, the large part of Europe was gripped uh, by communism, but they've thrown that off. It's, you know, certainly not a, a completed story, but it, it says there can be a new day. There can be a better day. And uh, that's, that's an encouraging thought. This world is not all there is. We are living in the history of the world, but someday Jesus will come back and a new reality will begin. I pray all our listeners are ready for that day. That's a, a good 
thought, and I'll give Charlene the last word. <laughs> I don't want to have the last word, but I wanted to say that. No, that's wonderful. I just thank you all so much. Your perspective uh, so enlightening. Uh, your wisdom is something that we can all garner something from. Uh, and the message to me at the end of that is hope that history is not the story of despair. It's not a story of nihilism, but it's a story of hope. Um, and of course, the most hope being in, in Jesus Christ. And so I want to thank Ray and Charlene again for their willingness to sit down and be interviewed. Uh, we appreciate all of our listeners. We've uh, had a lot of success with this podcast. And so I personally just want to uh, word my thanks and say thank you all for listening. Thank you for your support. And thank you for exploring history with us today. This has been Exploring History with Ray Notgrass, a production of Notgrass History. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app, and please leave a rating and review so that we can reach more people with our episodes. If you want to learn about new homeschool resources and opportunities from Notgrass History, you can sign up for our email newsletter at exploringhistorypodcast.com. This program was produced by me, Titus Anderson. Thanks for listening.